Hello, everyone, and welcome to Griplock Foundation Disc Golf Weekly Podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor. Connor's out today, but we're previewing the Green Mountain Championships going down this weekend. Um, we're going to talk over the course, some storylines, and then get into our predictions for our point standings. And it's the first playoff event of all time with, for the Disc Golf Pro Tour, so we'll talk about what that means. But first, quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by FoundationDiscs.com. Us. Uh, really just wanted to give a shout out because we have the most Discraft discs in stock that I think we've ever, not ever had, possibly ever had. Definitely we've had think, in years. I think probably ever Especially selection-wise, more so selection-wise. There's more Discraft discs in our store than I've ever been. Um, Mold-wise, especially. We are also just launched a monthly subscription box. You can find out all of this and more and more information over at foundationdisc.com. We're adding new discs to the site every single day and... For this weekend only, you can use code GMC for the Green Mountain Championship to get 15% off of all Discraft on our site through this weekend. Again, that's code GMC. We'll get you 15% off all Discraft discs on our site this weekend, so you're not going to miss out on that opportunity. And we really appreciate each and every one of you who shops and supports us over there. That's foundationdiscs.com. All right, so Green Mountain Championship is one of my favorite tournaments of the year, and I think it just got even more towards my favorites because it's a playoff event now. Yeah, I think um, I think GMC is is like a, a player's favorite. They seem to get very excited to go to that course. It's it, you know people just love love it there. Um, and they, they, are they playing on two courses this year? Yeah, they always do. Yeah, that's. I just wanted to make sure they're yeah. sticking to the same format. So Fox Run and Brewster Ridge, two yeah. courses that really complement each other very well. Yeah, I would say it's a it's a really good pairing. There's some really good um, technical golf out there. And yeah, the players love it. I think the event has been around just long enough now that it's built some momentum and like become a bit of a staple on tour. Um, and I think, yeah, just adding it, I think it's a good event to add the playoffs to because I love that it's a private property. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're smart in making two, both their playoff events private properties that are very manageable and they know they can keep long term. So that was smart um, because. I think that that's, that'd be good for building the prestige of the playoffs. I think the playoffs, as they are right now, I mean, I, I think it adds a little bit because just like saying the word playoff is fun. I don't think that they really mean a ton because most of the players, it's more like it, it, the playoffs right now is more like jockeying for position. Exactly, yeah. It's not really about making the next event because the players that are in that battle are really far up the up the ranking. So, like, it certainly is for them. Like, it's not like it's not a big deal for them. But the ones we're going to be watching on the upper cards more than likely are going to be the guys who are um, just jockeying for position within the the top 30 there for that. Now, I will say this. If somebody from around that, that, that cut line gets up into a like a top card let's say somebody who's like well outside the cut line gets on like a lead card and, and they're like showing like if they finish here they have a chance to make it to maple hill that'll be electric yes i'm hoping for a scenario like that to where we're like watching guys on like the lead card that are trying to make huge jumps to get it's gonna be very difficult to do that but that would make the playoffs feel even more special um but I, i'm just excited for the event in general i think this is a this is a good one to come back from world's um, after the little Silver Series hiatus and uh, kick off the, the first year of the playoffs. I mean, I just seeing like just going to the, the event and seeing like it just say playoffs with that logo, like that's just fun. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Now, if you haven't watched Green Mountain Championships before, first off, I suggest you go back and watch a lot of great battles that went down oh, yeah. here. Uh, Fox Run Meadows is the more open of the two courses, still has some woods to deal with, but it's a lot more open than Brewster Ridge, which is pretty much all in the woods. Brewster Ridge is insane. Um, both are very, very solid courses. I haven't heard 
of any changes, any serious changes yeah. to these courses. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if there were some tweaks. It seems like every course this year has had at least some tweaks, but yeah. I haven't heard of anything major. Um, and I feel like typically there's posts on social media or like people let you know before the event that that's happening. Um, and so I would imagine we're going to be seeing a very normal layout to what we saw previously in last year. Now, with it being a playoff event, this is worth 25% more points than regular season events as well. Yeah. And uh, there, there's the jockeying for position to make it to Maple Hill. The top 72 MPO after this weekend and top 28 FPO will be able to register for Maple Hill um, after this weekend's over. And the other thing that's just some jockeying for position, too, is for the Tour Championship, that cut line, this is when it really starts to matter. Yeah. Um, this event and Maple Hill are the two, but this event could be something where someone shoots themselves in the foot because it's worth 125% more points if yeah. someone who's on that line uh, really does not perform well and someone else does perform greatly you could move out of the play-in event and secure your spot in the actual tour championship or you could move in between the different brackets they have MVP will be a lot more where we watch that cut line right? Um, but this is when it really becomes time to start watching that cut I, line I also just had a thought now that the so with Maple Hill only being a 72 player men's field 28 women's field that gives them a unique opportunity to mess around with doing threesomes or pairings because they'll have so much more room in the course or, not going to but it would they be, could they could I'm just saying they, or, or yeah. they, I'll just be interested to see like if they just go like traditional like we're just going to start the times because like they have a lot more flexibility with start times gapping like I'll be curious to see if they just run it like normal or if they're like hey let's make bigger gaps um, which I wouldn't really like that necessarily because you don't want people finishing like way ahead of people um, but I, it would be it would be their one opportunity to lessen the groups and make yeah. them smaller if they wanted to so um, which I don't think I think in in disc golf, the issue is there's not enough cameras. That's um, a tough thing. So, like, you do want to get as many players on one card as possible for that reason. So, uh, I, I wouldn't see them messing with it. But I'm just curious to know, like, this, it'll be very, almost eerie, like, how small the field will be. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's always very weird. Um, because like the tour championship doesn't really give you that feel because it's like a different format entirely so you don't feel like a, it's a 30 person field because no. it feels like a whole different event but like in on the pga tour their tour championship when it's like a, i think it's like 30 some players in that field it's very weird to watch because you're like there's not a lot of golfers out there so it'll be interesting watching like a, a, a much smaller field and and seeing how they uh if they try to do anything with that or they just run it like normal yeah so looking at who's registered here uh, one thing to note is if you look at, I'm actually pull it up. I was looking at the uh, via U disc, but if you pull up um, the Green Mountain Championship 2022, you'll notice some players that shouldn't qualify yeah. are in the field. Um, talking about talking through that, it seems as though a lot of these players qualified via like direct qualifying events. If that makes sense, so they weren't necessarily weird. in the playoff because of points but they were able to get buys the direct qualifying. Um, what that exactly means, I think there was like a Monday qualifying situation going on. There might have been some other ones because there's a decent chunk of people. Yeah, I mean, I a solid that. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's 12 people under 1,000 rated. When we looked at it, I believe all of them were not in the top 100. Correct. Um, is weird. I don't so there's a, there, it's not originally I was thinking, I wonder if it's pacers. We've seen that before where, mm -hmm. but to have 12, that doesn't make any sense. No. Cause that's three full cards. Which means 
that wouldn't they wouldn't be in there. There's also a few players over a thousand that wouldn't be in either. Uh, I said something to Brody about it. He said, "Oh, they're qualifying events." I haven't seen any information about that. Yeah. Um, exactly what what the qualifying event means, but. I don't like it. I don't hate it. Like this year, because the thing not, is, yeah, like, it doesn't really matter, but it's kind of weird. Hunter Martin, for instance, 961 rated, shouldn't be in this event. Yeah. Um, but he's also not going to take anyone's spot at MVP. Right. So I, where I don't mind it is because of the, sh- the quick shift that happened, where if you were local to the GMC area or Maple Hill, so it, this was like guys a chance. Yeah, this is still a chance yeah. for local. Now he's from Florida. So how he qualified, <laughs> who knows? He might have just made a trip. Um, but it still gives the locals like a shot at playing their flagship event. Right. Um, so it's that's pro, where I don't, that's a pro tour move. Like that's what yeah. they do. That's like, I don't, that's where I don't hate it is like, it still gives the local guys a shot. And at the yeah. end of the day, it's probably not going to hurt anyone. No, it's, um, yeah, it shouldn't matter. Now, if all 12 of these players popped off and someone who like needed to play decent fell below them, then it might be something interesting where it could hurt someone. But and then at that point you just argue play better. So, <laughs> yep. um, that's the only thing that like was weird looking at the registration list, uh, was like some of these players, how did they get in? Sounds like that's kind of how they got in. I wonder Rozak, I just saw his name. Was he qualified or did he, did he get in a playing event? He must've gotten in a playing event. Cause I don't remember seeing his name first. Oh no, he's 83rd. Oh, how dare okay. I? Never mind. Uh, so he's one of the ones that's kind of on the bubble getting into that 70 seconds. So I should go ahead and take a look at MVP. So this is kind of the line where we're going to be riding an MPO. I'm only going to read players that are registered because for instance, according to UDISC, Ezra Robinson, 68th in the world right now, pro tour standing, sorry, 68th in pro tour standings, not registered for GMC. So there's a big shot, big chance yeah. that he gets jumped. Same with Mikhail Hame. I believe he's a European player and Ty Love. They're all three of them, 68th, 69th, 70th, not registered for GMC. Currently outside of the cup for MVP is Paul Yulbari sitting in mm. 73rd. Well, I'm going to keep my mouth dead shut. Yeah, he is registered. <laughs> he is registered for GMC. Um, and with those three players above him not being registered, if he plays solid, He's going to get in yeah. now. To I bet, make the I bet jump, he will. To make the jump to the, the playoffs, near impossible. I mean, tour championship, he's going to need close to 200 points yeah. to gain he's close to 200 to points on people. He's going to need something special to happen, but he should be able to get to MVP. Uh, Robert Burridge, another player that we know of, um, he's sitting in 71st right now. Mm-hmm. So a solid performance for him. Locks him. John Willis, solid performance for him. The next one who's registered is 74th at 93 points the cut at 72nd right now is 95 so he's three points sitting or two points oh, sitting outside Semerod, he was good yes so he's currently sitting out some notable players down here too zacharyth johnson not registered for gmc and outside the cut so he's officially not going to play mvp open um and then the next player down that's registered jake mon noah fiveish is registered Austin Turner's registered. Justin Rozak registered. They all have a shot, but now we're getting into it's going to take a really good finish. It's going to take a good performance. Same Clay Edwards, Tim Barham, Noah Meinsma. It is crazy to think that like we're at the point now in the season to where peace, there's a lot of people's seasons that are over now. Because if you yeah. if you're not playing Nathan this event, Queen, last year's tour championship winner, yeah. you, is not back in the tour championship if this you're, year. If you're not playing this event or, or if you didn't make it into this event even, you're done. Because if or if you didn't make it to USCDC, which a lot yeah. of times is those That's go hand crazy. In hand. Yeah, Nathan Queen, he he's ninety fourth. And it's and he's not he hasn't played an event he didn't even play worlds. Mid September and I wonder what happened. 
Nathan Queen's season. He retired, man, on that 20K or whatever. 30. 30K, yeah, he retired. Well, no, I want to see, like... <laughs> He hasn't played since June. He Maybe played he Beaver hurt? State Flint. I wonder if he got, I, I wonder if he got hurt. He um, came 114th at Las Vegas, 57th oh at Waco, 90th at Texas States. He cashed at Music City in 17th. Missed cash at Champions Cup. Missed cash at Jonesboro. Cashed at DDO. Cashed at the 303 Open. Cashed at the Kitsap Classic. I mean, these are all just like A tiers at this point. Um cashed at some random another eight tier 64th at portland 59th at beaver state fling and then he just disappeared well i mean yeah it was definitely a cinderella story last year like, yeah what? but he had to get there and like even though he was an alternate player like he was still somewhere around yeah but this year no chance of him being in um scott stokely most likely this will be his last event of the year actually not most likely this will be his last event of the year unless he like wins gmc same for nate perkins so those are kind of like the cut line down there uh, Andrew Fish actually's registered. So I guess as players didn't register, more players got in. Zach Melton. Um, a lot of these guys are registered for GMC. Somehow Andrew Fish is registered for MVP already. That, does he have exemption because of a finish from last year? I or don't know. I don't he's know. he's in 108th place Qualifying in the Pro Tour standing. It is random. Uh, I'm going to look up MVP open and see if like that registered is true you shouldn't be able to be even registered for that yet that, why is that no a lot of sense? players can through 64th in the world can have registered already why yeah andrew fish is already registered very interesting there why can why can why would they even have a registration open i don't know like, i don't know the would, like, 72nd can't can't register until september 18th i understand wave one the top 40 like someone's not going to fall from top 40 out yeah at this no, point yeah. that but top 64 can already register there's some players that could fall like 64th <laughs> that's very odd i don't understand that at all scott withers has 127 points right now at 64th that is possible for the players below him to eight players to catch him po- unlikely but possible yeah, i don't very unlikely actually but possible i don't know why they did that like i don't what's the harm and just like waiting i don't know um <laughs> But yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of watch that cut line, watch some of these players, especially Paul Ulibarri, see if he can make it into the MVP oh, he's Open. Make it, uh, and Robert Burridge as well. You know, he's the one that went to the playoff. Team Uli went to the playoff with uh, always makes it. <laughs> went to the playoff with Simon. So um, be be interesting to at least watch that storyline. Let's look at the FPO. Well, you know what storyline I'm looking at at MPO the most right now is number one spot because paul jumped ricky paul did jump rick so that's going to be the interesting jockey because winning by 20 points right now being the one seed is going to be a huge part of the argument for player of the year yes because it's i mean it's i I mean does paul have a solid enough argument he won waco and he won worlds well i'm just saying being on top being on top of being on top of the pro tour point standings is arguably the best argument there is because it means you've played the best over the course yeah. of the season well also if he can pick up a win at mvp or gmc which is likely yeah. i won't say then guaranteed he, then he's but probably he, gonna win player of the year he probably will which is crazy <laughs> it's crazy disc uh, golf man because <laughs> ricky won texas state ddo and um ledgestone ricky yeah. won those three he doesn't have a major so if paul, he doesn't have a major if paul gets another win he's got a better season going yeah and then like and then the other then you got the other major argument other argument is Simon who won DMC yeah and then Portland and OTB but Simon's in sixth 
so like Ricky's the clear player of the year currently with the third win, but it, you have to ask yourself how much is a major worth over right. It's Pro very. Tour. I think it's very close right now, but yeah, it, that that's if Paul. If Paul ends up being the player of the year after what is considered to be a bad season for Paul, yeah, pretty crazy, huh? This Which is, is wild. And, and then like, yeah, of the year. You, you've just got to love them in the last the last three events. The last stretch of the season, yeah, GMC, MVP, and U, USDGC. Yeah, you just got to love him in you, all those you, events there. Like, he's one of the favorites, if not the favorite, in all of those events. And he's probably not going to be hurt like he was. Yeah. <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's, it's definitely yeah, really, man, Disc golf narratives this year, they've just been flipped all up on their head. We have to, like, at the end of the season, we have to do, like, a compilation of, like, best and worst takes and go back to early episodes and just find some of the stuff that we, narratives we were drawing up because there's probably hilarious ones. Probably. We need help from the audience. Like, start digging and finding our worst and best takes in the beginning of the season. I mean, because, like, the European FPO takeover, that one started out pretty bad, but look at Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> FPO, Kristen Tatar ha- still has a shot to chase Paige down. Um, she's oh yeah 19 points behind page right now that's it yeah she's more than a shot she she could do it pretty easily yeah uh, she's won she, three events in a row yeah all she's got to do is just keep winning and she's gonna yeah. do it uh page's last two events have dropped worlds and dmc have both dropped mm. which is crazy um the drops are huge that's why paul is up there as high as he is yeah because like the 51st because he only place had dropped. like two bad finishes and they're gone yeah um so Christian Tatar has a shot there, but let's look at the 28th cut line here in FPO. Right now on the line is Holly Finley. The next next in is Vanessa Van Dyken. Uh, Deanne Carey's in 27th. Katie Totti. Hannah Blomers is in 25th. That's mm. kind of interesting. She's registered for both the next two events as well. Um, has it played much? So, which, how is she registered for... Oh, top 36 FPO get in. Oh. I, I read it wrong. Relax. Top 28 have already been able to register. That's where the 28 came from. I was like, how did she register? The top 30. Okay. 36. So this line, area, Castruda. The 36 spot with FPO is not super. He's not registered. Well, it's so kind she's of, I mean, out. It's Ellen like, Widboom, also not registered. So, yeah, I mean. It's kind of up in the air right now. Callie McMorrin has a shot to get in. Raven Klein has a shot to get in. Leah Senegini has an outside shot to get in. Very outside shot, but still an outside shot. Um, and below her, I think it's safe to say no one has a shot. Um, yeah, there's definitely not any like huge FPO names. No, the next the next big big story will be post like at MVP watching can Henna, Juliana Corver, Madison Walker, Jennifer Allen, Deanne Carey, Holly Finley make it into the play-in yeah, event. The play-in cut will be very intense. As it stands, Kona Panis is in. Yes. Um, she's she's going to have to have some solid performances to stay in because she's struggled slightly here and there, but luckily, luckily for her, her Ledgestone and Pro Worlds have dropped. Um, she's probably used all of her drops at this point, so if she has solid performances at um, GMC and MVP, then she's in uh lisa fakus is the bubble line for the play-in event Haley king's the last in currently but Haley king's not registered for gmc or mvp she's the reigning gmc champion and is not registered that is very interesting Um, i wonder why i'm not sure she's not registered for gmc or mvp both of those events i mean she's not it'll probably she should be safe to be in the play-in event that's very curious but she's hurt she will she be had, jumped. What's interesting too is Holland Hanley, not registered for GMC, is registered for MVP. Same thing for Macy Valadez. 
I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, I think if I'm a player on the bubble, I'm showing up to GMC. I like, guess but, people, I, this people this time of year maybe get homesick or like want to take a break. Like they, they, this is the playoffs. I don't know. This is well. This isn't a time to get homesick and go home. This uh, yeah, is the playoffs. I don't know. It's weird because it is like this, if I'm Macy Valadez, what what are you doing not being a GMC? It is like the last stretch of tour. So like, why not just like finish? You only got to go a few more weeks. And then yeah, you're if done. you're Holland Hanley, you need two solid performances, and you could jump into the top ten. And, and like yeah that's curious and the tour championship you're playing for a lot of money that is true like that is the thing you remember is like getting just getting yourself into the tour championship like you've got a chance to have life-changing payout yeah so well like, getting you, yourself into the tour championship guarantees of like what two thousand dollars pretty good yeah like you got it just get, showing you, up it's a big deal getting in there like yeah the money is serious uh i will say this i'm gonna i'm curious to see how the disc golf network handles talking about the who's qualifying for maple hill and stuff like that yeah i've been kind of disappointed they haven't really they haven't really talked about it much all season um but the playoffs like you got to talk about it now so i'll be it's interesting to see how they cover it if they choose to cover it they better uh because that jockeying for position i think is what's going to make this event so excited because like yes winning gmc that's going to be electric but the players who are in contention more than likely are going to be players who are already set going to MVP. I just want to see Udisc do a live updating DGPT point standings. I don't think it's that hard to do. I know they could do it. And like then they could use that on the broadcast to just like yeah. right now this is what the standings would look like if they finish like that's all you need yeah and like that you know, like that's it because that'd be very I think that would make this event even more exciting. It already makes it feel more important. GMC it just and gives Maple you more storylines to look at. Yeah. You know, like, okay, we're looking for the winner, but then we're also looking at these cut lines. Just like USDGC spots. Exactly, yeah. Um, and they don't even bring attention to that, really. No. <laughs> so. Uh, but, yeah, so definitely it's going to be an exciting weekend of disc golf. You'll be able to watch it live on the Disc Golf Network, and Jomez will be handling post-production the as only, well as Gatekeeper. And the GK only, Pro. like, cut line they ever talk about is, like, getting on the lead card. And they talk about that. They talk one. about that one a lot. Like it's the most serious thing ever, which it is a big deal. But that's the one cut line they like do talk about in the broadcast a they'll lot. They'll show like if there's a cut line in the event, they'll show. They'll it. show that too. Yeah. Um, but I would love. To, I mean, I want to be seeing after round one. I want to be seeing updates of like after round one. Here is where the current pro yeah. tour standing would be. These players are out of MVP. Yeah, currently. Especially if you have players on camera that are like involved in some kind of chase. Yeah, like it wouldn't be Yuli's on one of the feature cards. Of GMC. So there you go. Uh, so if nothing else, he's going to be on Jomez. Like, that's a big storyline. Can Yuli make it to G- to MVP? He should. Being yeah. in 73rd with players ahead of him not playing. But that's still a big storyline. You know what I mean? Um, Robert Burridge, different players like that. Like, it, it, it'll be a big storyline. It's just, how are they going to show it? And they better show it. Um, I definitely think the end of the season's laid out to be very exciting. Yeah, um, it's, it's a great finish to the season. Adding, it's kind of sad, though. I'm getting a little, I'm starting to get a little sad. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the off season because you never know what happens in the off season. There's I do, always exciting I, moves. I, I do love moves. Moves are fun. I don't know. We should probably once we get to the off season, we'll really start paying attention to like the free agency tracker because um, I think there could be some pretty big moves this off season. But um, yeah, that that isn't that is exciting. That is the one part of the off season that we get to look forward to is the free agency. I also like grip lock in the off season. It's laid back. Yeah, laid back a lot more fun, if you will. It is a lot. It is a lot of fun. Uh, if you haven't watched off-season grip lock, you're in for a treat a this year. Yeah, it's a different animal. Um, but definitely, I, I just think MVP and GMC just have a. They already have prestige, but making them a playoff event gives them a little more prestige. But like you said, as the years go on and they continue to be, here's the prestige a, will get bigger and bigger. Here's and bigger. what I want to say: events that take place 
in the northern part of the U.S. are goaded. Yeah. Like, I think, like, think about it. You've got the events in the Northwest, then you've got events um, like the Preserve, because um, that one's in Minnesota, right? Or my capping? Yeah, yeah. Minnesota. Okay, and then there's Minnesota, and then you've got because I think even Ledgestone is technically northern part, um, and then you've got these northeast events. I think like the northern events, I think it has a lot to do with the terrain, but like they're just good. They're good. There's a lot of good northern courses. Yeah. Uh, final thing to look at here going into this weekend before we get into our predictions is some win percentage. The win probability. I'd love to um, know how well they did last they wrote an article i believe oh they talk about they they talked about how they performed i think um i mean they update live so it's not like man they write a lot of blogs i guess can you really be proven wrong with the win percentage how to perform at pro world as long as you don't as long as you never say zero percent you can't or a hundred percent you can't ever be wrong the FPO right? player favorite at 58% was Tatar and did end up winning the tournament. Paul and Beth, who entered the tournament close to the top, but not quite the favorite, emerged with the highest win percent by the end of round two. And uh, he ended up winning the event. Page made the top five after starting the performance with a 78% chance to do so. Uh, swings and misses. Only three of the top 10, three of the 10 best projected MPO players actually finished in the top 10. Macbeth, Matteo, Calvin Heimberg, neither Pierce nor Katrina Allen finished on the podium despite having 55 and 52% chances to do so. From the Department of So, you're telling me there's a chance Aaron Gossage nearly won the tournament, starting with a less than 1% likelihood to even finish on the podium. It was the best story of the week. Tristan Tanner finished on the podium, even though not a single one of the 20,000 pre-tournament simulations had that result. They're doing... Where can I get my hands on that? What are we doing pre-tournament? They said, I want that. What? They said it was probably the 20,000 and first one that would have done it. I, that is a, that is the thing with percentages, though, is you can't be wrong. because 20,000 like, pre-tournament simulations, not a single one had Tristan Tanner on the podium. If there's less than 20% or less than 1%, there's still a chance. So, like, they can't be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. That That's fun. They're doing simulations. I, dude, disc. Give us, let us, let us mess around with that thing. Can you like change like the overall ratings of players? Yeah. So I can, how many simulations do we have? How funny would that be? How if many we simulations till we are on the podium? No, till Brody wins. Oh. Like we just run worlds over and over. It's like, it's like the Dr. Strange things where he's like, how many times did you look at the scenario? He's like 300 million. He's like, how many do we win? One. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter memes are just firing through my head right now. <laughs> I'm Okay. Uh, so win probability that. for Green Mountain Championship, kind of fascinating because there's two people tied with the best chance to win at 16%, and it's Paul McBeth and Matty O. Yeah, I think that's hilarious. Fascinating. Well, it's actually Matty O, if there's anybody who's due for a win, it is him, but I still stand by my, I love Matty O. Let me be clear. I think Matty O's great, but I, I, I'm, I've been able to stand by my Matty O can't win Elite Series events take all year and it's and it's been working so i'm gonna stick with it you can't yeah. win. ricky wysocki's next with 14 percent, and then chris dickerson's at 12 percent um who i think dickerson's got to be one of the favorites he won the event last year on fpo let's see what this looks like chris and tar they're giving a 58 percent chance to win respect, i can't i can't respect, argue with it respect to be honest i love her for what is her the top 10 percentage greater, greater than 99 percent. yeah she's guaranteed top 10 that's what i'm saying with the percentage like you can't be wrong like like that's what I'm, like as long as you don't say a hundred percent or zero. I hear I I calling you out, you disc. If you want to really double down, give a throw out a zero or a hundred percent, and then we'll then we'll talk. Let's see. No, make the, some real, the lowest is less than one percent. <laughs> make some real predictions out here. That's like saying like you're just saying it probably won't. 
Let's let's see some real predictions. <laughs> Paige Pierce has a twelve percent chance at winning. Katrina Allen nine percent. Owns Goggins five percent. Um, definitely. I mean, Kristen Tatar fifty eight percent. They're they're right till they're proven wrong. I mean, she's. It would be curious. Definitely the favorite. It'd be curious for them to take their win probability, or maybe we could even do it. Take their win probabilities from the start of each event and apply them to betting odds and like we would act as the house for a whole season and see if we would stay up like based on like betting their favorites based on like it are how often is the underdog going to win versus the favorites and this and that like just see how well their percentages work for line making basically based on the simulations they're they're doing it'd be interesting would be interesting all right get into some predictions here quick we don't have connor here but i do want to ask you a question mm-hmm. do we make playoff events worth more Majors are worth twice. Um, are playoff events worth one I and a half? Like, I feel like it's we can't really vote without him. But we can we can vote if we we both agree. It doesn't matter his vote. Two out of three. I yeah. well, so playoffs are worth double. So what is it normally? No, majors are worth double. Yeah, majors are worth double. So we say playoffs are worth like one, one extra half. point, just one extra point. Well, that's double for a lot of it. Oh, you're right. I don't want to do half points. We can do half points. One and a half rounding. What? No, no rounding. We can do half points. That's not that complicated. I don't know why I'm acting like it is. Okay, so one and a half points for a player in the top three, and then so it's times it's be one. And it's one hundred and fifty percent. Yeah. So, so then four and a half. Picking a player correct. Four and a half. Does you get you get a half of the yeah? Four and a half. Math, baby. Dark horse would be three. Yes. I yeah. I think that's fair. All right. So playoffs, playoffs are worth one and a half points going into the playoffs uh i have 117 um i'm writing this down i'm gonna chase connor down it's gonna be epic i have 117 points connor has 86 points and trevor this is getting this is getting real now because we just have i I was just always like ah we got the whole season we got the whole season gmc mvp usdgc i don't really think we can do predictions for the tour championship can we we could do brackets and like add a point for each like correct yeah we can do something like that yeah we'll do something but realistically, real. you have three, uh, I'm three tournaments, but they're worth point and a half, point and a half, two. I'm chasing them down. So I, I'm chasing them down. Predictions. I'll go ahead and give my MPO predictions first. I have Ricky Wysocki coming in third, Chris Dickerson coming in second, and I think Mr. Paul McBeth goes back to back. He's very comfortable at GMC. He got the monkey off his back, just won Worlds. I think he does it. Tough I think he goes back him. to back. Definitely going to be tough to beat. Uh, Connor's prediction, he has Paul coming in third, Calvin coming in second, and Ricky taking it down. Uh, what do you got, Trevor? I have got... Let me make sure. I've got Matty O in third. I think he's due for another top three, and I like his consistency. I know that he's going to be in the hunt. Uh, I got Paul in second, and I've got Chris Dickerson back to back. He's due. All right, in first. Uh, let's stick with you for your FPO. FPO. I got Own in third. She's been a top three beast lately. I've got Paige in second because why the heck not, right? And then I've got Kristen winning because of of course. Kristen Page Own. Uh, Connor has Kristen winning as well, but then has Evelina in second and Valerie Mandahano in third. Yeah, I like the difference between me and Connor's picks. I yeah, you'll that. have a lot of differences between that. there. So that's either going either gonna to go in your favor and his. I could gain a ton of points this week. Uh, I've got Kristen taking it down. I'm riding with Henna. Henna coming in second and Owen Scoggins, I agree. I think she's coming in third place. My dark horse pick going into this weekend oh, I love that is pick. Gavin Babcock as long as he's in the field. You didn't check? I don't think I checked surely i, I check i know my dark horse there is there because he is the dark horse is he actually there yet Pro- he should be okay gavin that's gonna babcock be, is there so yeah, 
Gavin Babcock is my dark horse. I pick. like Gavin Babcock. I think we could be friends. Trevor's dark horse pick is Mr. Smith. Very Smith. He slipped at the fiftieth in the world back into the dark horse spot. And Connor, probably this is a sneaky, very sneaky dark horse pick. Thomas Gilbert came top twenty last year. Thomas Gilbert, great, great dark horse pick, pick there for I, Connor. Yeah, Gavin Babcock is a great pick. I want to be a part of that Alden Harris friend group so badly from just from watching his videos. I get FOMO somehow. <laughs> so, Alden, if you're listening, I know you do listen sometimes. Let, let's hang out, me and your friends. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, well, there it is. The Green Mountain Championship starts tomorrow. You can check catch it live on the Disc Golf Network and then catch post-production on your favorite post-production channels. Uh, we'll be back here on Monday to talk about how it went down, who's going to be playing an MVP next week's MVP, I believe. You can, yeah, you can watch it on uh, Gatekeeper, Central Coast, or Jomez, 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 Jomez. Next week is... <laughs> you get that? No. Oh, the Echo. <laughs> I almost funny. did it earlier, but I was like, all right, I have to. It's fair enough. It happens to the best. I think that showed that Jomez isn't invincible, even though they usually are. Uh, Maple Hill is next weekend. Me. Maple Hill is next weekend. Maple Hill is a cool logo. We need to do our. Oh, why haven't we done a power rankings for logos yet? For like event logos, we can do that we this off season. To, we, that's an off season. I can say early favorite is um, Des Moines with that. They're the deer, right? Yeah, that thing is sick. My early favorite is throwing it back to 2011 PDGA Championships. <laughs> I also like the uh, the Waco one with the bridge situation. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Pretty good. It looks very professional. There you have it. We'll talk to you on Monday. Peace.